Hello everybody, this is Dr. Bill Janishak and this is the Conquering Stress Podcast. Welcome. Hey, got salt? This is a topic that I've, I've been talking about for years and years. Um, I'm in Southern California and it is summer at this time, so there's a lot of heat out, a lot of people going, going out and sweating and working out and getting everything going on. And one of the biggest things that I, I tell people to make sure that they do is to increase their salt intake. Wow, do I get some pushback on that. Don't you know uh, salt is bad? I can't. I don't want to get high blood pressure. My doctor says I have to reduce salt. If you look at, go down the grocery store and you look at everything in their advertising, reduced salt, no sodium, blah, 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 it's all crap for most of the people. Where did this concept come from? You know, how did we get this? And I've been guilty of it myself because, you know, when you're told something from a... uh, a young age, ever since you were little, it's something that you don't question. Uh, I just, I was just able to finish up a workshop with uh, my good buddy and the keeper of the Sales Genius Podcast, Joe Ingram. We did an unpacking seminar that was basically dealing with a lot of stories and stuff, the stress, the mental stuff, and how to get rid of that. And that was really fun. But um, we all have stories and we have stories that we've told ourselves or we've been told since we were little and you never question them. You just build on from that that platform. And rarely do we go back and we analyze some of our basic beliefs. And if you've been a listener for a while that you know that the second podcast is Know Thyself is what I recommend that everybody do is to get to know thyself and go back on some of your basic beliefs and and just question them or, or analyze them a little. And nothing is more prominent than the, the salt restriction thing. So we've been told forever, and like I said, I have as well, even even learning early on, way back in the day, early, uh, learning nutrition, it was one of the, the dogmas that we, we were told. Uh, make sure that you drink your milk, eat a lot of high complex carbs, fat causes you fat, um, and reduce your, your salt intake because salt causes high blood pressure. Well, it wasn't really until I got into uh, functional medicine that we went in a little bit deeper on on that subject. Where did that concept come come from? So you know that the the salt causes high blood pressure and reduce your salt for and salt is bad stuff. It has no basis in physiology or science. It is purely dogma and it was set off by strong opinions from strong-willed people early on. Um, but first let's go in and what is Salt. Salt basically that you're talking about is sodium chloride, but there's also potassium chloride. And salts are things that are in your body and, and they make up the electrolytes in your in your body, the way the cells communicate with each other, the components that actually make the energy in the cells. You know, and the cells in your body act like individuals, like you get a group of individuals 
together. You can make a community, make a community, you can make a town. But it's the same thing that happens with, with your body. A group of cells make up a tissue, a group of tissue make up an organ, a, great, a group of organs make up a, a healthy system or um, something goes on in your body. Uh, salt is a, is a basic component of the way your cells communicate, the way your, your body does, the, the pH balance of your, your body, how things are, are working in your body. So, salt is vital for your survival. And it's so, so much so, if you look at, at this traditionally, salt is so important that it was used as, um, as wages. And this is where the word salary comes from. It comes from the word salt um, early on. It's, it was used to purify things. It was used to, before refrigeration, this is how, um, how we preserved food. It was very important. And for you know millions of years, we, we've, we worked on salt. When we were carnivores and we were, or when we were hunters and Paleolithic men uh, and women, sorry, I don't want to leave you out, uh, we would eat an animal, we would drink the blood, we would eat the organs, everything from, um, you know, snout to tail. But the body retains a lot of sodium in it and other salt constituents that, that, that build that up. And we were relatively healthy at that, that time. So if salt is so good for us, and if salt is needed for the body, where did this concept come from? Um, well, it really wasn't actually until the early 1900s. Let me see if I get the names right. Amber and uh, Beckham in uh, 1907 came up with the first salt causes hypertension, high, high blood pressure kind of theory because water salt follows salt so they figured that well if you have too much salt then your body will increase the volume and that'll increase the blood pressure so it really wasn't until i think the late 1800s to maybe about that time is where we uh first had where they first had a blood pressure cuff so we don't know what blood pressure was like um prior to that because we had no way of measuring it. But that would go on to um, later on when a Dr. Kempner um, in 1939 kind of took the ball with, with that. And he devised a weird diet on a, a small scale study that he did himself and it had different components. It was, it was called the rice diet. And, and you eat a lot of rice and you eat some fruits and you have uh, low chloride and it was a low caloric uh, intake. And one thing, it was a low salt intake. Well, he had a number of patients that had hypertension that um, were not hypertensive after six or 12 weeks of his diet, sometime with, with his diet. So he automatically con concluded that, that it was the salt that reduced the hypertension. Well, he was a, a strong-willed individual and he was looking to make his mark in, in the world. So he started to publicize this rice diet and he got a bigger scale um, study that, that went on. And a few of the patients during that, their blood pressure went down. 
and a few patients died and it was very hard to stick to and it was it was even said that he he would beat his his patients um i don't know if we could get away with that now if they um if they kind of went off the diet so it was another strong-willed individual and and that kind of kept it alive there was still no really hard science really good studies um that kept that going and then there was uh, dr lewis Dahl in 1954 who was said to have been a very strong personality and really pushed for his idea and and he was out to prove that high salt increased blood pressure and the problem was that he had was that that he knew in normal people that it didn't so he devised uh, he got some studies that he did on some mice and he engineered mice to be salt sensitive and what he ended up doing was giving them just a ton which was equal to about a hundred times of what of salt that we would take on salt sensitive uh, rats or mice and he came with this conclusion that salt equals hypertension and he went singing that song for a a long time and he sang it very loudly and lengthy so Hitler says that if you tell a lie long enough and loud enough that eventually people will believe it still there was no hard science to to back any of this up it was just a bunch of strong-willed theories and on the outset in all fairness it makes sense if water follows salt that um that it would cause high blood pressure but that's uh there was some there was some kinks in the armor so it really wasn't until 1977 where uh two guys, Dr. Meanly and Dr. Balderby, um, they took the, the concept and they sold it to uh, Governor George McGovern. He was, uh, he was in charge of the health guidelines and they were looking one on sodium. And again, if you've been watching any of the... Uh, anything has to do with our politicians who know nothing about science or physiology and stuff like that, they have to take the, the word of experts. And then we have to define who's an expert. And if you can't get somebody that can't dissertain, you know, wheat from shaft or pepper from fly shit, that they're going to make whatever's presented in the best light for them. And they kind of slam the, the gavel down and say, so it be written, so it be done. So this is how it got into the American guidelines. So what else was happening in 1977? I feel like Casey Kasem. Well, what else was happening in 1977? If we look back into 1977, that was the heyday of carb loading. Low fat, fat makes you fat, high carbs, carbo loading before your, your triathlon, gym fix running before he dropped dead of um running for his health there was a whole lot of things that were going on back in the 70s that was causing some issues but this persists and during that time they they decided that the americans needed to have about 
2,300 milligrams of sodium uh, a day, which would equal about uh, a teaspoon of salt a day. Now, this is extremely hard to, to get to. And, and again, there was no science to back any of this up, but we bought into it because it, it sounded good and it was coming from an authority figure. And this is where we, we really before we figured out that, the, you know, the government was just kind of uh, had their own agenda and there wasn't much science. It was still following doctor's orders. So we were just kind of um, little sheeple following the ways. The problem that would happen is that we actually did follow the guidelines from uh, a good standpoint. So what has happened since that, that point is uh, blood pressure has continued to rise. So back in the early early days, the early 1900s, about uh, roughly from 8 to 13% of the population would be considered hypertension. So as of today and as of this speaking, it's about one in three adults this is. So we're not counting kids. Um, but what's the issue with that? It shows this, uh, salt restriction. And during that, from 1977, like I said, we were all about, uh, high carb, low fat, um, high fructose corn syrup came, came onto the scene. And, um, you know, the diet idea back then was calories in calories out, kind of just simple math. Well, all those things are leading to diabetes that we have to deal today, which is part of the deal. If you go into uh, the first portion about this, where I explain about the stress response, high blood pressure, right? It's going to be there, high insulin um, resistance. So this is what we were, we've been dealing with. And this is how it came to be. And it really wasn't until 1994 that they did a study a randomized controlled study about that and they showed none of this is true in fact in a lot of cases it's the exact opposite so let's talk about the hypertension for for a minute what they have found and I'll give the the, the track in some studies they've shown that a salt restricted diet um, or salt by increasing the salt intake it will increase the systolic number, and that's the top number. So if, if a normal um, blood pressure is 120 over 80, uh, systolic is the top number, it would increase that by half a millimeter of mercury. And a millimeter of mercury is the increments that we measure blood pressure in. So half a tick on your blood pressure. So technically, in some studies, I guess they're right. But what they don't show is that a decrease in salt increases your heart rate by about four beats um, a minute. So if you're talking about a heart attack and stroke risk and, and all the stuff that you're actually worried about with a salt-restricted diet, what they're trying to cure is they're actually causing. And another thing, you're increasing the, the heart rate because if you don't have enough uh, sodium in your blood, and that's where we need it in this point when we're, we're studying hypertension is that it'll take it from the, the tissues and um, it causes what's called peripheral resistance. And that's actually how far the, the blood and how easy the blood can flow through your, your arteries and veins as it gets to your toes and your nooks and crannies. 
and into your brain. Now, you guys know that I'm a big brain guy. I'm a big neuro dude. And there's a lot of little nooks and crannies and a little capillary action where we have to get a lot of blood, a lot of nutrients, a lot of oxygen into our brain to keep us cognitively um, optimized. And that doesn't happen when you're on a low salt diet because it, that peripheral resistance. It's it's like trying to to um, you know push a fire hose through a pencil or a, a pen or something like that. It just doesn't do it. It's, there's so much pressure and so much resistance to get all the water out. And um, it's it's not a good thing. But that's that's just the, the blood pressure. So if that's all we were talking about, but what else is going on? So let's look back now. So in 1977, when we were doing the um, the high carb thing, and we started adding high fructose corn syrup and getting more um, sugar in our diet. Sugar increases um, insulin. So you know what else increases insulin? It's going to be the increase in uh, or the decrease or increase in salt is going to cause that as as well, or the decrease of salt. Excuse me. So if we don't have enough salt in our diet, it increases our insulin level, which there's a whole big mechanism that, that how the kidneys regulate the, um, the blood pressure, but it stops all those hormone things. So at the same time, we're increasing our insulin because of crazy sugar stuff. We're also decreasing salt that's doing the same thing. So there's no wonder that we have the diabetes that we have today. And the challenge is, is that you can't go in and, and pick out little tiny thing, things. The body works as a unit and it's putting everything together. And like I said, salt is affecting every system of your body. Insulin is affecting every system of your body. Energy is needed in every system of your body. And this is one of the things, because I'm an alternative medicine provider, is, you know, they say, oh, you think a chiropractic adjustment cures everything because somebody will come in with back pain, neck pain, headaches, car accident, sports injury, colic, um, fullness in the ears, autoimmune digestion, constipation, diarrhea, whatever it is, I adjust them. They say, oh, you think it's all. And so it sounds when we think on very mechanistic level that, you know, everything looks like if I have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. But the fact is, is that every it all it affects everything. So you want to take care of those, just like eating, breathing, sleeping, you know, water intake. It's all important. Salt is important as well because it's affecting every system of your body. And if you don't get enough salt in your system, things are going to lack. And we got people who said, well, I've been watching my salt for years and I don't want to get, um, and I don't have any problems. Well, they don't have any problems that they, they've, they've dealt with. They just have the normal aging problems. Well, half of your normal aging problems can be solved in many cases by getting your environment right. Part of getting your environment right is making sure that you have enough salt in your system. Now, with all that said, there are cases where there are people that are um, 
have different medical issues and you should get this checked out you know by a good functional doctor uh, somebody that understands the whole thing and somebody that can um, manage exactly what's going on with you because there are cases where people have kidney sensitivities salt sensitivities and things like that. so there are there's a percentage of them it is not the majority by no means of the of the population and there's no reason to have a small study of these people and make a global representation for everybody else so with that being said you want to make sure that you are getting your salt intake so a lot of the things that you're going to do you're going to be losing a lot of salt so uh, all you starbucks fiends um that in energy drink people that are taking a lot of caffeinated beverage you lose a lot of salt you're going to need extra salt um, for all those people uh, keto or people that are intermittent fasting you're going to need extra salt in your diet um, if you're familiar with the the keto flu for those people that are, are doing that that is a salt wasting uh, process and that's why you get the symptoms that you have so increase your electrolytes your electrolytes are salt so you want to do do that a lot of people are on drugs and not the good fun ones that you're doing on the weekends that are just getting um, illegalized in every other other state um, but and a lot of people need to be on medications so they're not dying and a lot of the medications are salt waste and they're causing you to pull out salt of your body you're going to need extra so there's a whole bunch of things that, that go into that, but the, for the majority of the people, I want you to understand, increase your salt. I've seen patients in chronic pain. I tell them the only thing that they changed is to increase their salt. Salt's going to draw nutrients into joints and muscles and things like that. And that, that all over body aching thing, my joints hurt in the morning, that normal thing that you get when you're older that's not really normal but it's so common that you just call it normal so you don't feel bad and you don't have to pretend like you have to do anything else because you're really happy just feeling normal and like it's somebody else's fault there's something you can do about it if you want to do something about it, if you want to get get yourself better do the right things stress is always physical chemical and emotional and um, if you take care of the environments do the things you you can do it is not a cure-all but it sure it makes you feel much much better so got salt get salt take salt this is dr bill janishak and i just wanted to kind of drop that um, information on you today so if this is something that you've uh, resonated with you if you you know somebody with a chronic disease and is looking for a cheap easy uh, way to maybe turn their whole life around um, Share this video with you. Give me a thumbs up there on iTunes or uh, whatever platform you're working on. And I sure would appreciate that. And until next time, this is Dr. Bill Janishak with the Conquering Stress Podcast.